to expository preaching, going through portions of Scripture. And this morning I'm going to change that and do some more of a topical message uh, in light of having finished Nehemiah. And we're kind of in a position where I can touch on a few things that I think are appropriate for us to touch on in the next few Sundays. Uh, I could not help but just think of all that's been upon us and in our minds as as we've looked at the Gulf Coast and the events that have transpired in New Orleans and surrounding areas and through Mississippi. Uh, just an amazing, amazing demonstration of natural catastrophe, disasters. You know, to see the city of New Orleans and to see portions of Louisiana and Mississippi just basically lying in ruins splinters of homes there. Uh, Still parts of the city of New Orleans immersed in water, and now it's toxic water. People who are there, they're at great risk. But you know, those are are not the first of such places, the first places to experience such disaster. There have been a lot of places, a lot of cities that have been wiped completely off of the face of the map, from some from natural disasters, some from war. Uh, you know, volcanoes have come in and have removed entire villages and areas. But sometimes it's as we look at the natural disasters of hurricanes and tornadoes. When we were in Missouri, there was a little small town there, not too far from where we lived, that series of tornadoes that came through in the spring of 2003 when I was praying to all my heart to get to Bristol <laughs> because there were tornadoes all around. Uh, just one little small community in, in Missouri just completely wiped off the face of the map. It's gone. Just this week, um, I experienced something of a, something of an emotional lull. I, I I don't want to use the word depressed because it wasn't anything like that. Just just kind of down and low and that type of thing. And, and what Beth and I were talking this week and you know she's my not only my wife but she is also my sister in the lord and so she said you said well what are you what are you reading the word you know where are you reading the word and i said well i i read through lamentations (laughs) which is where i am in my reading through the bible and you know there it is lamentations probably not exactly where i needed to be but at the same time uh, you'll find that you'll benefit to some degree this morning's message from my reading through the book of lamentations one morning this this week And this morning I want us to look at Lamentations chapter 1, verse 1, just the first part in fact, because as I was thinking of preaching on the events regarding Katrina before I read through Lamentations, and then picking up and and reading here, it just struck me. And there it is in Lamentations chapter 1, verse 1. Here is Jeremiah as he looks across the city of Jerusalem that's been completely devastated by the Babylonians who have come in and destroyed and removed people. So these are the words of uh, Jeremiah as he looks across, or at least considers, the city of Jerusalem. How lonely sits the city that was full of people. And truly, that's that's the city of New Orleans this morning. It's a city of approximately half a million people and uh, there's a few thousand still in there but how lonely sits the city that was once full of people we had been watching some of the events this week I, I watched probably more I, I enjoy the news you know the dateline that type of thing when 
So this happens. I just I'm more prone to watch TV, and I watched some of that this week, <clears throat> just because of the events that have taken place there in the Gulf Coast. And we watched some as a family, you know, carefully, just kind of making sure there are things that were appropriate for for our children that were around. But as we would watch some one evening, and we're putting the kids to bed, and I was going just from bed to bed and praying with the children as I do each evening, and by Alex's bed, and Alex had just asked me, he said, he said, well, Daddy, why? Why did God let a hurricane hurt all those people in in Louisiana? And, you know, sometimes the answers don't come so easy, do they? And especially when you're thinking of dealing with the minds of our children, you know, what do you want to say? What do you need to say? How do you communicate what's going on? But there, there was something underlying that question, and that was he understood that there's a God in heaven. Why did God let this hurricane come and and hurt and, and do what it did to all these people. You know, the fact of the matter is we can't give the ultimate clear answers to those questions. God doesn't tell us why. And in the midst of this, I'm not going to try to answer that question. However, I am going to try to give us, I think, some focus. And these are things which... I trust for many of you the things that you've thought through in the last couple of weeks as you've looked back and thought about this. So it may not be anything particularly new, but I think it's these are truths that are good for us just to focus upon. And that we can affirm, and in fact we must affirm them, in times of such tragedy and there may be those times that we're in the midst of such tragedies. And we need to hold firm to these truths. Well, first of all, the truth that I think that we need to hold true, hold to here, that is the, the truth of God's sovereign rule. The truth of God's sovereign rule. You're gonna, I'm going to ask you to turn to several passages this morning again. It's a bit unusual for the way I typically preach, but I think it's good for us to, to take note of this, to see these passages. First of all, look with me in Psalm 29, verse 10. And if I get to one of those passages, I thought, whoops, that's not the right one. You just bear with me. If we can't find it, we'll just go on to the next one. Psalm 29, verse 10. The Lord sat, and the NASB has added here, the Lord sat as king at the flood. And the reason it adds it there, because the next part it says, yes, the Lord sits as king forever. What's he speaking of there? First of all, the Lord sat at king at the flood. The flood. We know what the flood is, don't we? Yeah, back in Noah's day. Why did that happen? How did it happen? It was just a is it just that nature has gone berserk, you know, God's God's taken his hands off or his eyes off and things have fallen apart? No, here's the words of the psalmist. The Lord sat as king at the flood. You read the account there in the days of Noah. What do we find? We find that God is in control and he and he tells Noah that this is what's going to take place. And what do we see? We see the destruction of all of human life. Except for Noah and his family. Where did such a catastrophe originate from? Well, it originated from the purposes and the plans and the power of God Himself. The Lord sat as king at the flood. Yes, the Lord sits at king for how long? The Lord sits at king as king forever. Lamentations chapter 5. Turn back with me there to the book of Lamentations. Lamentations chapter 5, verse 
19. Thou, O Lord, dost rule forever. Your throne is from generation to generation. In other words, the the word of Scripture is this, that God's reign, God's rule, God's sovereign control over His creation, over the earth, is a perpetual rule. In other words, it's, it's always the case. He is always in control. He is always in charge. He reigns. He rules. Psalm 97 verse 1 says this, The Lord reigns. Let the earth rejoice. That's Psalm 97, verse 1. The Lord reigns. It's a perpetual reign. He is never absent from His throne. Psalm 103, verse 19. His kingdom or His sovereignty rules over all. So how do we view such disaster? How do we consider such calamity as we've seen take place there in recent days? Well, I think we must see it just simply as the Scripture sees it. We see, first of all, in the words of Isaiah, Isaiah chapter 45. Isaiah 45, verse 7. I'm going to wear you out this morning, going from page to page. You'll look forward to going back to expository one text at a time message, won't you? Isaiah chapter 45, verse 7. The one, back up to verse 6, or 5. I am the Lord. There is no other besides me. There is no God. I will gird you, though you have not known me, that men may know from the rising to the setting of the sun that there is no one besides me. I am the Lord, and there is no other. Now verse 7. The one forming light and creating darkness, causing well-being and creating calamity. I am the Lord who does all these. Amos chapter 3 verse 6. Don't turn there but he says this. If a calamity occurs in a city, has not the Lord done it? Lamentations chapter 3 verses 37 and 38. Who is there that speaks and it comes to pass unless the Lord has commanded it? Is it not from the mouth of the Most High that both good and ill go forth? Job's perspective. Job chapter 1 verse 21. The Lord gave. The Lord has taken away. You say, well, you just didn't see behind the scenes here. We know the real story here. Satan did that. Right? I mean, we know the story of Job. That uh, the sons of God are come before God. And here comes Satan. And he says, uh, and the Lord asked him, where you've come from? Have you not seen how what's going on out here in my little part of the world? And God said, haven't you considered my servant Job? And so he asks for permission to take all from him. And so he does. You know, it appears that Satan is striking him. What's Job's, Job's perspective is what? He says, the Lord has given and the Lord has taken away because he recognizes whatever the case may be, God is in control of Satan. It says in the next verse of Job chapter 1 verse 22, it says, right after it says, the Lord has given, the Lord has taken away, it says, Job did not sin nor did he blame God. So his perspective is right. The Lord's given. The Lord's taken away. Then in Job chapter 2 verse 10, when his wife encourages him, you need to just curse the Lord and die. His response is, shall we accept good from God and not adversity? And then the very next verse. And all this, or the same verse, and all this, Job did not sin with his lips. So in other words, if he were bringing an accusation against God that were not true, that would be sin. 
It's just what he's saying is true. We receive good from the hands of God. We also receive adversity. What what then shall we say? Well, first of all, we say this, that God is always sovereign over all of His creation. We need to praise and to worship Him as our sovereign Lord. And that God's purposes are accomplished even in such tragedies. And this is according to the purposes of God. Do we understand it all? No. But in some way, God accomplishes His intended purposes even through such tragedy. (coughs) And third, we say this, that God's ways are far above our ways. His ways are as high above the heaven as above the earth, above our ways. We don't grasp it. We don't understand it all. There's a place that we we just have to be quiet to be still before the Lord and say, Lord, You're a God. This is Your earth. This is Your creation. You're on the throne. You are free to do as You will. I'll not question You. I'll not blame You. I will praise You. I will worship You. I will glorify You. I will bow before You. So I don't understand, but You're the Lord and I'm not. But we embrace and we affirm the truth of God's sovereign rule. God's not lost control. God's not given over control. He is in control. God created that hurricane. It was in His purposes. There's a lot of questions, I know. But we're not going to renounce what's clear biblical truth that God is sovereign in all the affairs of of His creation. These things just don't just happen. That there is nothing that takes place outside the sovereign rule of God. Another thing, another truth that we can, that we must affirm in the midst of such tragedy is that God's character is righteous. God's righteous character. Psalm 97 verse 2b says this, that righteousness and justice are the foundation of His throne. Psalm 97, verse 2, second part. Righteousness and justice are the foundation of His throne. See, there are some who would rise up today who, in some more of a mocking way that they want to impugn the character of God in such events. What has happened here is not right. It's not right. And so they come, they want to make charges against God for allowing such a thing or even designing such a thing to take place. Isaiah 45, verse 9. Let's look very quickly there. Isaiah 45, verse 9. Woe to the one who quarrels with his maker. An earthenware vessel among the vessels of the earth. Will the clay say to the potter, What are you doing? Or the things you are making say, He has no hands. Woe to the one who quarrels with his maker. Woe to those who, which demonstrates just the own perversity of a man's own heart, who would rise up in such a time as this and quarrel with God. Because what's clear to us, as we read in Psalm, in Psalm 97 5, is that God's, God is righteous, God is just. We see God's justice. God is the one who is the giver of life. God is the one who is the determiner of our days. Determines the number of days that we have here. He determines the means by which we will pass 
from this life, whether it be by natural causes, whether it be through catastrophe, that He is God. Any moment, any moment that a life is taken, God is righteous because our sin against Him is an immeasurable sin. (coughs) It's an offense against God. So for anyone to die is just merely simply to receive the just penalty for our rebellious state. Now, let me deal with one other thing. Do we dare to look at the events of the Gulf Coast and the events around Louisiana and New Orleans and do we dare make this accusation, well, this is God's judgment upon these people? No, we do not. In the sense that we do not say that God is sending this judgment upon this particular people because this particular people were deserving. No, we, God doesn't give us that type of revelation. We can't make such a statement. You know, there have been some who have, who have declared that, uh, well, it was God's judgment upon the city of New Orleans because of this decadence day parade that was supposed to be going on Labor Day weekend and this thing hit right beforehand. You know what? The parade went on. So if that was God's plan, He didn't do it. He didn't accomplish it. <laughs> we, can't, we can't make such statements. We don't have any, any way to determine, determine that. You know, we can look to the Scripture and say that there were times when cities and people were destroyed because God's revealed to us that it was His judgment upon the people. But He doesn't always do that. And, we, and He certainly hasn't given us revelation for this day to say, well, this is what was deserved. But we can say, in a general sense, that it is, that it is a general judgment upon general sin. In that, that catastrophe could have taken place in any place. And it would have been just. Because the wages of sin is death. And we do not deserve another day of life. God is just. We've seen His justice. It's not wrong for God to take the life of any. But we've also seen, if anything, we've seen an amazing mix here of the mercy of God. The mercy of God. We saw the mercy of God the, the countless days prior to this tragedy as men and women simply lived in, in that city in those areas pretty much carefree. They went on about their business, their lives. Some giving... Praise to God, some giving no thought to God, but the mercies of God upon them for every day of life. You're here today, alive, because of the mercy of God. And they have received the mercies of God upon their, on their lives day after day. They experience such things as, as human love, experience such wonderful things as, as families and moms and dads and the joys of children. They experience the the things of having jobs and and income and places to live and cars to drive. All those things were, were there. The countless mercies of God placed upon them. Men and women, many cases though, who had no regard for God and neither were they thankful. Much as Romans 1 talks about. These people, they were not thankful unto God. They exchanged the glory of God for the creature. They weren't thankful. How many people in New Orleans and Mississippi and Bristol have even thought and given pause for the breath that they breathe, the life that they have? How many of us have done that today? Let me tell you, we have received 
We have received immeasurably of the mercy of God just today. Just today. The mercies of God poured out upon us. Those who were created for His glory. And yet, in the case of so many people, no conscious effort to glorify God and in many cases clearly opposed to God. We see the mercies of God. We saw the mercies of God in this hurricane that before this thing struck land, you know what it was doing? It was out in the Gulf and it was churning. It was getting bigger and bigger. You know what the greatest fear was? That it would come at land as a Category 5 and hit New Orleans dead on. That was the greatest fear. And you know what this thing was doing? It built up to a Category 5 and it was heading right for New Orleans. And you know what happened just before landfall? A gust of a front came from the Midwest. And it, the coolness of the air affected the, the hurricane. It dropped to a Category 4 and it was pushed a few miles east of New Orleans. Just a little. The mercies of God. You think, folks, as bad as this was, initially, initially, after the hurricane hit, the levees were holding. What they say? Hey, the levees of hell, it's going to be okay. It was after the hurricane was already moving on that the levees broke and then the problems came. But we can say as bad as this catastrophe was, folks, it could have been much worse. Can you imagine that? No. It's hard to imagine in some cases <clears throat> some individuals, they've lost all they had, but it could have been worse. What do we see? We see the mercies of God. There's mercies of God in that. The mercies of God that we live in an age, a day when we have the means to have hurricanes analyzed. We see these things coming out in the ocean weeks before they get here, days before they get here. You know, we start projecting their paths. We know they're anything but certain. But man, we know they're coming. I mean, what do you see? We see the mercies of God as thousands are evacuated before this thing comes. I mean, it's not like you don't have any way of knowing anything. You can just look at you. Oh, there's a cloud coming. I hope it's not a rough one. <laughs> you know, how far removed are we from a generation that we have no knowledge of what was coming and we would be been sitting there, been sitting there on that gulf when that thing hit? The mercies of God to live in an age that we live in. The multitudes that were evacuated before, beforehand. God's kindness and God's goodness as we see the outpouring of aid. The outpouring of help and assistance coming. Who's leading the way? I know it's not exclusively, but who's leading the way? It's the people of the church of the Lord Jesus Christ. Leading the way. You know, there is... Just a tremendous outpouring of, of resources and aid available through the Southern Baptist Convention. Just the amount of, of help that's poured out because they've they prepared for such things. They're ready to mobilize and they move and they're and they're there. And they're received and they're allowed you know, there's some people that go there, their trucks and stuff they can't get in because they're not recognized. Whereas, you know, you have such organizations as the Southern Baptist Convention that that's they're there, they're receiving, they can, they're a channel that you can give to and know that everything you give goes to, to help and relief. <clears throat> what a day of compassion. The kindness of God, the goodness of, of God being extended to these people through His people, through the church. It's the kindness of God. Let me tell you something, folks. God, God's not to under, He's not on, on trial. 
He is righteous in all of His ways. He is just. And if anything, He has been merciful, and He has been kind, and He has been compassionate beyond all knowing. And third, and third truth that we affirm in these days is that God's revealed glory. God's revealed glory. Exodus, I'm sorry, Isaiah chapter 40. <coughs> oh, the greatness of the glory of God. Isaiah chapter 40, verse 12. This is our God. He's measured the waters in the hollow of His hand. That's talking about all waters. It's talking about all the water in the ocean. And we know that God's Spirit, He's in every place. But He's given it to us in human terms here, just so we can visualize this. He takes the waters of His oceans in the hollow of His hand. That's right here. The palm of this is a hollow. That's, there it is. There's the oceans of the world. He measured the waters in the hollow of His hand. He marks off the heavens by the span. Calculated the dust of the earth by the measure and weighed the mountains in a balance and the hill and the hills in a pair of scales. <coughs> and who is likened to the Lord? God has revealed His glory and we confess this morning, we affirm this morning that God is a God of glory. He's revealed His glory to us in His creation. There is a revelation of God's glory in the heavens and the creation. Now, Psalm 19 tells us about that glory of God that we see in, his, in the heavens. As we look up, we see the glory of God and the stars and the sun and the moon and all those things that, that testify to the glory of God. There's a glory of God in His creation. As we look around us here, we see the providence of God. Jesus told His disciples and us, He said, you need to look out and you consider, you consider the sparrows. You consider the fields. You Just look and see these things. That they're under the, the care of God. There's a revelation of the glory of God in His creation. Let's think about this hurricane for a moment, folks. It's a massive display of power. Now, let's remove human tragedy from this for a moment. But just think about the massive amount of power in this thing. It's out in the ocean. It's not bothering anybody. And just think about it. Man, oh, it's just churning out there. What is it? It is a testimony of the greatness and the glory of God. This is something that's so huge. And, you know, we're, we're sitting in the land trembling and hoping that it won't happen. And this thing's coming in. And this is thing that's it's a small thing to God. It's there in the, where the hollow of the hand where He measures out the oceans. It's a little speck in there. It's the glory of God. That He creates such things of such power, of such magnitude. And consider that. Consider that the world that we live in is just a small speck in our, in our universe, in our galaxy. Just a speck. You know the greatness of God. There's a glory that's been revealed to us in this. The elements that unite to form this one immense storm. Every atom, every drop of water ruled by the hand of God. Wow. There's a glory in that. He's revealed His glory to us. Consider the greatness of any aspect of His creation. He's greater than His creation. You know, we need to sit back and marvel at the, at the greatness of such things. We need to sit back and marvel at the greatness of this, of this universe that God's created. You know, the uh, best we've been able to do in recent days that we've got <clears throat> some of those little satellites going out to a few planets. 
taking years to get out there. It's just a speck. Just a speck. All the glory of God that's revealed to us in His creation, but also the glory of God that's revealed to us through calamity. His glory revealed to us us through calamity. How is it revealed there? His glory is revealed in good that comes in the midst of such calamity. Folks, either Romans 8.28 is true of Katrina or we have reason to suspect it in anything. That God causes all things to work together for good for those who love Him and are called according to His purpose. A lot of believers in Louisiana and Mississippi. A lot of people who have been called by God who love Him. And Katrina is for their good. God causes all things to work together for good. It's not to their destruction. It's to their good. We see God's glory in the good because of Romans 8.28. We see God's glory in the good and that in the midst of this that there are those there are those hearts that have turned to God in the midst of this time. And there are hearts that will be turned to God in the midst of this time. Oh, the goodness of God. The goodness of God that those lives that, that have been spared, that there are some of those who will come into the kingdom of God because they're having the message proclaimed. They're hearing the message proclaimed through people who are there helping with them. The glory of God that He used, that He brings forth good and disaster and through calamity. And even as we've seen in the Scripture, through sin, God used the evil intent of betrayal. To place Joseph in a place of great deliverance for his brothers. God used what was the epitome of man's evil. The crucifixion of Jesus Christ. That's the epitome of sin. There it is. Doesn't get any worse than that. God used man's evil. Christ's crucifixion. For what? To accomplish a great good. Whereby men might be saved. The glory of God that He brings good. He works good through calamity, through sin, through disaster. And that's been His story through history. Again, look back with me in Lamentations. Somebody keeps moving Lamentations. I can't find it again. (laughs) Lamentations chapter 1. You know, as Jeremiah, as he looks out across the city, considers the city of Jerusalem has been destroyed there. Lamentations chapter 1, verse 5. Her adversaries have become her master. Her enemies prosper. For the Lord, here it is, for the Lord has caused her grief because of the multitudes of her sin. The Lord has caused her grief. In Lamentations chapter 2, verse 17. The Lord has done what He purposed. He's accomplished His Word which He commanded from days of old. It's God's glory here. God's done this. God's brought this about. He's accomplished His purposes here to the glory of God. God's revealed to us 
His glory. Somebody said, well, I don't have much of a place for a God who receives glory by bringing suffering and hardship upon people. Well, be thankful God has a place for you. You know, we can affirm the truths of Scripture of God's sovereign rule, God's righteous character, God's revealed glory here. <clears throat> but we still not, we don't have all the answers. There's still a mystery of God's will accomplishing His purposes for His glory. But we don't understand how it all fits together, but we will not, we cannot abandon biblical truth just because the questions seem hard. <coughs> What we must do is we bow before our Maker and we proclaim His rightness and we worship Him. And why did God let a hurricane hurt all those people? I don't know the specifics, but I know the ultimate. I know the ultimate. The ultimate answer is for His glory. And He's God. And if God can choose to glorify His name through such catastrophes as hurricanes, and God can choose to glorify His name by redeeming sinners, bringing sinners into fellowship with Him, He is the Lord. We bow before Him. We let Him have His place. It's God's truth in the midst of what we see is great disaster. What do we do? We pray. We do what we can. We weep. It's okay. But we embrace the truths given to us that God is sovereign. He rules over all. That God is righteous in all of His ways. There is no evil within Him. No shadow of turning. And that God has chosen to reveal His glory to us. through the power of His creation, but also in the good that comes forth through calamity. Always good. Always good for His people. And always of bringing glory to His name. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we, we come to You and we... We dare not just simply coldly embrace what is true. Lord, our hearts are broken for what we've seen. We've seen families separated, loved ones taken. All that's been dear, many people, they've said, we've nothing there now. Lord, I pray. I pray for a great work of Your Spirit. Lord, in the midst of Your church, Lord, there is therein lies hope that people find hope in You. Oh, Lord, that You would be merciful. We pray for those that are involved even now who are risking lives, uh, still hoping to rescue people. Lord, minister Your grace to Your people through the church. And may much good yet to be seen be accomplished. We pray these things in Jesus' name.